0: It's me, Rose. Um, and this is uh, the bonus episode for patrons for the Bodies mini season episode two, which is called Ink RX, uh, all about medical tattoos. Um. I've been struggling with how to begin these bonus podcast episodes because it seems a little weird to just be like, hello, it's me. Um, And I also sometimes fall into copying what Allie Ward does on Ologies, which is a great podcast. And if you don't listen, you should. But at the beginning of every episode, she kind of does this thing where she's like, hey... And I keep starting them that way and then being like, wait a minute, that's the thing Allie does that I should not steal from her. So I'm still experimenting with um, intros. Maybe I should just like have some music play, maybe play a cool song that I found. Um, anyway, hi, it's Rose and this is the bonus episode. Um, I'm still also trying to figure out what to call these if maybe perhaps they could have a better name than just bonus episode or bonus podcast. Um, Mike Coghlan, uh Hello, Mike. Patron suggested flashback, um, which is good because they're like flashing back to the episode that already went out. I also went to. There's this website that helps generate puns for you. I'm not a very good pun generator myself. I have some friends who are very good at pun generation, and I am not very good. But there's a website that I'll link to in the show notes that um that can generate puns for you. you give it two words, and it kind of like gives you puns. And so I gave it a couple of variations on like bonus episode, bonus podcast, um, extra podcast, extra episode, and it didn't come up with very many that were good but it gave me two that made me laugh um one of them is jackpotio like jackpot audio (laughs) and the other one is (laughs) the other one is TV, as in like hefty tv um which i won't it does not tv but Heft tv is very funny to me um but jackpotio is kind of good i don't know maybe i should maybe i should use that um, welcome to this episode of the Jack Patio podcast of our Flash Forward. I don't know, it's a little weird, but it is funny to me. Anyway, I'll keep working on that. Um, so this right, so this is the bonus episode for Ink RX. Um I'll start with a little bit of behind the scenes stuff. So normally I finish each episode the night before they go up, and I schedule them for 3 a.m. Eastern time. Um, I don't really have a great logic for that in terms of the 3 a.m. thing. I'm sure that there is some strategy that podcasters use for the perfect timing, like there is some strategy for, like, when the perfect time to post on Instagram is. Um, I don't really know what that is, so I've just always done 3 a.m. Eastern time, I think in my head, maybe to, like, catch the people who might be listening on their commutes on the um, East Coast, and then also to kind of get folks who are in Europe um, who might 3 a.m. Eastern time is, like, morning their time. Um... So I've always done that. That's what I've done for years and years and years now. Um, and I've just stuck with that schedule because it, it works for me. Um, the exception being this week's episode. This is the first time in I think three years that I've actually delayed the release of an episode. And that was because I couldn't find a person to talk about the sort of privacy and app angle, um, an expert. Um, and so Quinn Grundy wrote this paper that I thought was really interesting. I had emailed her and she had said, you know, yeah, I'd like to do it, but I can't do it until Monday. Um, I'm sorry, I can't do it until Tuesday the 21st. And I was like, well, that's the day the episode goes up at 3 a.m. So that's not going to work. So I tried to find another person. I had actually one source um, say yes, and then have to reschedule at the last minute for an emergency, which, you know, it happens and it's no hard feelings. And so finally I came back to Quinn and I was like, all right, let's do it at 6 a.m. my time, which is 9 a.m. her time. And so I did the interview uh, on Tuesday at 6 a.m. And then I transcribed the interview, cut the interview, wrote the rest of the script recorded the voiceover, edited and mixed the whole podcast in a couple of hours, um, and got it out the door that day. And I've never done that before. I, I probably won't try it. I'll try not to do it again. It was very stressful. Um, but I think it was totally worth it. And I'm really glad I included Quinn in the episode. Um, I think she was really great. She said some really smart things that I wouldn't have been able to kind of think of and um, include in the episode. So I'm very glad that I did it. Um, it was just a little bit stressful. So if you're wondering, I, most of you probably didn't even notice that the episode came out a little later on Tuesday than it normally does, um, but I did notice because that's sort of it was sort of the scramble at the end. Um, you know, because of the way that Flash Forward is independent and you know right now actually has no ads on it, um, I don't have to do it the way that I do it in terms of making sure that it's done the day before and scheduling it and kind of you know waking up to it um but I do worry now that I've like broken the seal a little bit on pushing things back that I'm going to be tempted to do so again um I do actually really like having it done the day before because that way just in case if something happens I can kind of be ready for it um so I'm hoping that this does not tempt me into pushing it back and back and back and then potentially to Wednesday and then to Thursday and then to Friday um Tuesdays it goes out on Tuesdays it's always gone out on Tuesdays since. The very beginning of the show. For some reason, we picked Tuesday, and I've just stuck with it. So I'm going to try to keep keep that. Um, I didn't cut very much from the episode, um, in part because I was scrambling to finish it. I think I probably, if I had had a couple more hours, maybe would have gone through and cut a couple things just for time. Um, I was going to cut that kind of long part about pregnancy tests and rabbits and frogs. But I found it super interesting. And I actually didn't know about this until recently. Um, And so I kept it because I don't know, it was kind of a cool fact. Like maybe all of you knew this about the frogs, but I actually had no idea. Um, And so I think thought that was really cool. So I just included it, kept it. Um, I did cut a little section about tattoo statistics um, in terms of like how common tattoos are these days. Um, So I did include one statistic, but I'll, I'll say a couple more that I found in a couple of studies that I read about tattoos and rates of tattoos that I was going to include the ep- in the episode, but I did not. So in terms of, like, who gets tattoos, tattoos are more popular among people with higher levels of education than people with lower le- levels of education, which I think actually is counterintuitive. There is still kind of a trope of, you know, like um, – lower class people having tattoos, which sort of comes a little bit from its history, but that is sort of no longer the case. Um, In one study, they surveyed people from 18 different countries and they asked about tattoos and rates of tattoos and who you are and what level of education you have. And they found that people, right, with higher levels of education tended to have more tattoos than people with lower levels of education. Um, Of those 18 countries that they surveyed, Italy had the highest percentage of tattooed people, at 48% of people being tattooed, um, followed by Sweden, which had 47% of people, and then the US at number three at 46%. Um, But interestingly, Italians are far more likely to have just one tattoo compared to Americans and Swedes who tend to have more. So for most countries in this study, the median number of tattoos was three. um, But in the US, the median number is four. So we tend to Have slightly more tattoos. Um, And the study also found that the most tattooed age group is not the youngest one they surveyed. So there's again this trope I think of like tattoos being a thing for young people. Um, Instead, the people they found who were most tattooed were people between 30 and 49 years old. So I guess that's like millennials and some Gen Xers. Um, I think tattoos are kind of getting more acceptable in more places. Um, I have lots of tattoos. um, And I mean, I'm a freelancer, so I can kind of do that. I live in the Bay Area. I've lived before that. I lived in New York City. Um, You know, places where having tattoos is not particularly frowned upon um, I'm a journalist lots and lots of journalists have tattoos I've never really worked in spaces where tattoos were not acceptable um, and then in the cases where I've had like funerals or something like that I you know obviously I wear long sleeves or can cover them up um, but I do think that tattoos are getting more acceptable right I think that's pretty well accepted um, as they get more common they're getting more um, more acceptable in sort of a professional context um, but that's not Actually, always the case, and it's not the case in every place, in every location, in every job or industry. So Quinn actually mentioned this when we talked, and I asked her about these medical tattoos. Here's what she said: It's not that long ago that I like I was working a summer in a restaurant, and like the policy was you had to cover your tattoos. So like, right? Or I remember in nursing school, one of my classmates had like he used to be a tattoo artist and had come back to school to become a nurse, and like they weren't that cool with it. (laughs) And I, I even think like in terms of acceptability, like we're still in a society where a lot of people will discriminate against you just for having a tattoo. (laughs) Ace, who you heard on the episode, um, they have a lot of tattoos and they actually have a lot of experience trying to cover up those tattoos because they used to work in an industry where having a lot of visible tattoos is not yet super common. I feel like I end up in kind of this gray zone because I am at a point now where I guess I am heavily tattooed and so I think that to general lay people your tattoos sort of end up blurring into themselves and so I don't really envision a future where people are specifically looking out for you know what you've got going on on your body in terms of what you're illustrating health wise um I also think that you know I mean I was a a mortician I was a funeral director for six years and I was tattooed through that whole process and I always had to cover my tattoos and it wasn't a particularly challenging thing to have tattoos that were coverable so that's just a little note about tattoos. Um, if you have cool sciency or, you know, really just cool tattoos in general, I'd love to hear about them. Um, we're talking a little bit about them in the Flash Forward Facebook group. If you are not in that, again, like I just find it on Facebook. I'll add you, it's a closed group um, just to prevent like random people from joining, I guess. But um, if you find it, I will probably just add you really quickly. Um, what else? Oh, as you all heard on this episode and last episode, um, I'm doing a Patreon promotion right now. Um, It doesn't really mean a ton for you since you're already a patron. Hello, thank you. Um, And again, like, thank you so much for being a patron. Truly, I know I say this a lot, but it's like actually true that um, the show only exists because of patrons. And that is actually especially true right now, which is part of why I'm doing this little promotion. So I wanna give you a little bit of behind the scenes on why I am doing this promotion right now. So you may have noticed, that recently there have been fewer ads read by me on flash forward so in the past you would hear me say like oh blah 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 when we come back we're going to talk about you know the warranty on a sex robot or whatever it is Um, but first a quick word from our sponsors And then there'd be a little pause and then I would come back and sort of read to you a message from sponsors, whether that was Policy Genius or Bombas or whatever it was. Um, You've heard those, I'm sure, in the past. Um, You might have noticed that those are getting fewer and further between. um, And that's for some reasons that I can explain and some that I can't. Um, One is that um, the ad sales market for podcasts is getting a little bit tighter. So, um, you know, the big companies that were putting their money into podcasting, like Casper and Blue Apron, um, are no longer because they sort of spent a ton of money on podcasts already. And they're kind of like moving on to new spaces to try to advertise in. And the second thing is that, um, I don't do personal endorsements for the ads on Flash Forward. So I do read the copy. You'll hear me reading them. And I try to make the ads really interesting and I do a lot of research for them. But I will never say on an advertisement for Flash Forward um, that, you know, like, I, Rose Eveleth, love my Casper mattress or I, Rose, tried this thing and I loved it. As a journalist, I think it's unethical for journalists to advertise products on their shows um, directly in terms of an actual personal advertisement that's sponsored content. Um, And I have to be kind of careful about how I do that, especially, you know, with Flash Forward, I probably could get away with doing them. Um, But I don't do it for a couple of reasons. I don't because one, I just think it's wrong. I just don't think that people should be shilling products to their viewers you know they've gained the trust of all these listeners and um you know you have no idea if I actually like the thing you know what I mean like how often do you like how many of those podcasters that you hear talk about their toothbrush actually you think like those toothbrushes like I, I don't know I mean just as a listener when I'm listening I often get kind of annoyed and I'm like okay but do you actually like this is this even like a real thing the other reason is that um, I, I write for you know national publications still. I write for Wired. I write for you know Vox.com, um, and as a journalist, I have to be really careful about what kinds of advertising I do because there are conflicts of interest, right? So there are actually some companies that I have to just say no to if they want to advertise on Flash Forward because I might, in the future, cover them. So you know I'm not going to advertise for Uber. I'm not going to advertise for a handful of tech companies that I might cover in the future because that is a conflict of interest, right? I'm taking their money, talking about them on the show as an ad, and then I'm maybe writing about them later. Um, I have to be careful with that. Um, But yeah, I just, you know, as a journalist, it's important to me to be really transparent with you folks about what I will and won't do in terms of advertisements. I've had this rule for a really long time about no personal endorsements. You know, I'm happy to talk about a product. I'm happy to, you know, make the ads really interesting. I try to put a lot of work into them to make them sound cool and have fun be full of fun facts and you know people have said they really like the ads but um I won't say you know I I rose use this product and I think you should too. I just that's a line that I'm I'm sort of not really willing to cross. Um and for a long time that's that was fine. And then you know now with new advertisers in the world of podcasting, they all kind of have heard these personal endorsements on all these other shows, and they've come to expect them. So um, what I'm hearing from the folks who are selling the ads for Flash Forward is that they go to the advertiser and they say, hey, we've got this great show, we think you'd really like it, and then as soon as they say, you know, she'll read read your copy, but she won't personally endorse the product, they say no. Um, And so uh, for this mini-season, for example, for Flash Forward, I have zero host-read ads for the show. Um, I actually don't have any ads sold until December. Which is a problem because um, the show for a long time used to be 50%. The income for the show used to be 50% ads and 50% Patreon. Um, And so having half of the show's income evaporate is somewhat stressful. Uh, Hence the promotion uh, for Patreon. Now, you might have heard um, ads on the show, you might have heard like other voices pop up on the show. And there is, those are dynamically inserted ads. And that's kind of a, a background level of advertising that I get, but they're worth way less. So they pay way less because um part of the value ad or part of the sort of sales pitch for podcast advertising and why podcast ads generally tend to be worth more money than say like a pop-up ad on a website or a sidebar ad on a website is that you're hearing the host who you in theory like because you listen to their show, um, unless you're hate listening, I guess, um tell you about the product. Product, right host red ads are the sort of gold standard they're the thing that gets people a lot of money and so when it is another voice when you hear those sorts of like whatever it is a lexus commercial or something i don't know what's been on recently um those are worth way less so they make a lot less money they make me a lot less money this is a lot of inside baseball stuff maybe you don't care but i just wanted to tell you sort of like what this situation is and why it is that i'm currently running this promotion on patreon because patreon is sort of a really great way for me to actually sort of talk talk directly to people who listen to the show and for them to support the show directly and kind of helps, you know, Patreon isn't going to go away if advertisers decide that they actually want X, Y, and Z thing. Um, As long as I make a show that you folks like and think is worth kind of donating to, then it's sort of a stable... Um, amount of money for the show to kind of keep it going, and it is you know the show takes a ton of time and work. Um, I spend a lot of time on the show, uh, and so at some point you know I have to pay my rent and feed my dog and do all those things that a person does. So that's just um, a very long-winded way of explaining why it is that I'm doing this promotion right now. So um, some patrons have asked if um, if there's any way they can get in on this little promotion in terms of like if they up their pledge or you know, do something like that. Can they get the little bonus thing? I'm trying to figure that out. So Patreon makes it really easy to track new donors. Um, and so anybody who joins right between the beginning of that, of this little body season and the end of June, it's really easy for me to get the list of all those people and their addresses and get that sort of mailed out in a way that makes sense. Um, it's much harder on Patreon for me to track people who change their pledge and um, And so I'm trying to figure out a way to do that. I would love to be able to say, like, yeah, if you bump your pledge up a certain amount um, or even just, like, you know, to the next level, I'll send you something. Um, I just need to figure out if there's a way for me to do that that isn't just, like, manually trying to search through all of the emails that I get from Patreon or or the little spreadsheet. I think there might be a way to do it, but I'm going to email Patreon and ask if they have any suggestions for that because there's not a super obvious way to do it. Um, And I want to make sure that I'm not, like, missing anybody or you know, promising something that I can't deliver on, um, in a way that makes sense. So, so sit, sit, tight for that. Um, if, if I do figure out a way to do it, I will let you know as soon as I figure it out. Um, but yeah, I'm thinking about that. I hear you. I know that, you know, if you're a patron now, you're like, oh, come on, I want the thing. Um, and I would love to, you know, obviously you are the, the thing that keeps the show going. So, um, I would love to be able to sort of figure out a way to get you in on it. I just need to figure out a way that sort of works um, and makes sense. So yeah, um, that's that. Um, I am working on next week's episode. Uh, I think I mentioned perhaps in the last behind the scenes podcast that next week's episode is tricky. Um, It's kind of a controversial topic. I'm not going to tell you what it is. It's a surprise. But... um, It's something that people get really heated about, and it's something that, you know, I personally feel ethically conflicted about, and I was hoping maybe that doing this episode would, like, help me understand what I think and where I stand and, you know, how I feel about this topic, but so far... (laughs) I've only gotten more confused and had more of those conflicting feelings that make me very uncomfortable, um, in terms of sort of just not really knowing how I feel about it. But, um, I hope that it comes out well. I hope, um, I hope it sort of presents everybody's side fairly. I don't think, you know, my goal at the end of the episode is not to convince you necessarily one way or another on the ethics of this thing, but, um, hopefully I sort of can lay out the lay of the land a little bit and get into some of those interesting questions. Um... What else? I think that's everything that I have to tell you. Um, Okay, so now it's time for the secret. Um, Oh, I should find my little note card. I think I mentioned last week that I, I keep, I now keep a note card of possible secrets because I can never remember what to talk about when it actually comes time to divulge secrets to you. Where did I put that note card? Oh no, where is it? I found it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> this is embarrassing that I can't even think of anything. Um, let's see. What should I put in here? What have I write, written down on this note card? Um, are, is it a secret or is it a story? I think these are just little stories for me to tell you. They're not really secrets exactly. Um, but I'll tell you. I'll tell you a story about. Um, My worst hike ever. Okay, so this is the story I'll tell, and um, I will warn you, um, if you are squeamish about insects or particularly ticks, I'm going to tell you a story about ticks, so if that bothers you, you should turn the episode off now. (laughs) Okay, so here is the story. Uh, I went on a hike recently with some friends, and the dog, my dog, I have a dog named Moro, who is very cute and loves to hike. Um, it's her favorite thing in the world. If we could just be outside all day, every day, she would be so happy. Um, so we went for a hike and we went to this place that is not really very, um, crowded, like people very rarely hike it. I think, I didn't even know you could hike this area and it was really beautiful. We hiked around this reservoir. Um, there were no, there was nobody else there. I think we saw like maybe two other people. Um, the dog, you know, ran around, she was having a great time. Um, we sort of hiked for, I don't know, three, four hours. And then, um, Towards the end of the hike, I started noticing, like, a couple ticks on my, you know, pants. And I was like, oh, no, that's a bummer. Um, and I made a note, like, okay, well, I got to check the dog when, you know, when we get back. So we go to In-N-Out on our way home because we're all hungry. And we're standing – I order In-N-Out and I'm standing there and I'm, like, just feeling kind of itchy, you know, just like a little, like, I don't really – whatever. So I was like, I'll, I'll go to the bathroom and just see what's happening. Um, I go to the bathroom and I – look into my shirt I sort of pull the neck of my shirt down and look into my shirt and I there just there's like so many ticks um and uh I sort of freaked out so I'm in the stall in the in and out and I just like started taking all my clothes off because I was like I don't know what else to do they were on me they were on my shirt um and so I started picking them off and throwing them into the toilet and like flushing them down the toilet and trying not to freak out because there are like other people in this in and out bathroom. <laughs> and so at this point, I'm basically just like naked in this in and out bathroom stall, trying to like not panic um, and just like pulling tick after tick after tick after tick off of my clothes, off of my body. Like it was, oh, it was so awful. Um, and so then I like think I got them all Put all my clothes back on. <laughs> go outside. Go out. Get my hamburger. And I'm like, we have to. We have to go outside. We ha- we can't like be standing inside this building with all these other people who have no idea that like we might be covered in ticks. Um, so we go outside. Um, I find more in my shoes. Like they're just they're just everywhere. I started counting when I was in the bathroom, and um, by the time we got back in the car to go home, I had counted like 22 ticks. Um, that I had pulled off of myself. And that's, the dog is in the car. We haven't even gotten to the dog yet. I am apparently the only one that, there's three of us, right? I, it was me and two friends. Neither of them had, they had, each had like one or two ticks. For some reason, the ticks were like, this lady looks delicious. Um, and so we get back in the car. I get the, we get the dog home. Um, I go through the dog and I'm just like, there, I, can't, I at some point I stopped counting, but there must have been, I mean, I stopped counting at around a hundred ticks that we pulled off the dog. I gave her two baths in pyrethrin, um, this like chemical that's supposed to kill them. Um, I just kept finding them on her and this poor, our poor dog is like, at one point she was like clearly just really itchy, you know, she's kind of restless, like looking at me like, why is this happening to me? And I was like, I don't know. And I just kept finding them for like days and days and days and mostly dead eventually because, you know, she takes stuff to kill uh, ticks, you know, she takes like a next guard thing that keeps the ticks from biting her or if they bite her, they like die and fall off. Um, and I, you know, was spraying everything with like all this stuff, trying to kind of just keep them from from um from biting us but it was so awful. Um this is not a good story. This is really disgusting. I don't know why I'm telling it to you. Um but it it was one of my more memorable moments recently. Um and uh so yeah, so just a PSA, remember to check yourself and your dog for ticks. Um it is tick season in many places. It's springtime, they are coming out and in the Bay Area in California in particular, we are starting to get ticks that carry Lyme disease, um, which is new for California. It did not used to be really common here. Um, So if you are someone who hikes outside on the West Coast, be warned that there are ticks, (laughs) and there might be a lot of them, and um, you should check yourself and your dog and your kids and everybody for ticks. it's really important. They can carry Lyme disease. They can also carry Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever and other things. So just be vigilant. Don't do what I did and go to In-N-Out and not realize that you're covered in them. Um, and uh, yeah, that's my disgusting secret. I should say I should pick something else. That's a terrible one. Is there a better – I should – what else is on this note card? There has to be a better story for me to tell you that doesn't involve just like the super disgusting tick story. That's pretty much all I've got. Well, on that note, uh, I bid you adieu, and uh, you'll hear from me again next week, and I promise not to tell you a disgusting story next time. Um, I'll try to think of something less gross to talk about. Check yourself and your dogs for ticks. Okay, bye.